0: Pin da bhandar mukhyajai, tor da mukhyajai, dhamtri maya puri mukhyajai, jagnan puri mukhyajai, guna maya jundi de mukhyajai, vati de mukhyajai, tosi maharani mukhyajai, samaveda vaktarindi mukhyajai, or premindi. All glories <laughs> to the assembled devotees. <laughs> All glories <laughs> to the assembled devotees. <laughs> All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Sri Guru and Goranga. All glories to Sri Ramakrishna. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasaya Uttalashi, Mati Bhakti Padata Swami Utina Namaste Saraswati Debe Goravani Pachani, Visces in the Pasta Chadi Satani. Monday, Shri Guru Shri Utah Padakamala Shri Guru Nanavashi Shri Guru Pam Sadhurjatam Saganar Raghilatam Vitam Sajivam, Sadhuritam Sadhuritam Hari Chana Sahita Krishna Chaitanya Devam. She rather pushed Vasudevaya Om and all the October 31st, 2022, in Hillsborough, reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 10, Chapter 40, Text 1. Shia Kuru Vachan. Shia Kuru Vachan. Twaki Lae Tuhei There Purusham am, Purusha, Atma, Jayam. There I am, Purusha, Atma, Yana Vijayata, Brahma Virasi, Yata Brahma Virasi, Yata Please She, of course, said. Nada, bow down. Us me, aham. aham. I Twa Tudu. to you. Akila, Akila. of all. Aitu causes. Aitu the cause. <laughs> Narayana. Narayana. Narayana, Lord Narayana. Narayana. Purusham, the supreme person. Supreme person. Adyam A-I- Original of inexhaustible, yet from whose navel jatat, which was generated, other of a lotus plant, Oshat, from the world Rama, Rama, Adi Rasit, appeared.
1: Yataha, from whom? Aishaha, okay. this, yes. lokaha, world.
0: world. So, this is beginning the prayers of Akura when he sees Krishna Balaram in the water of the Yamuna as Nirvana and Sandhana to Sesha, and he sees all the demigods and etc. BBT translation Sri Akura said, I bow down to you, the cause of all causes the original and inexhaustible Supreme Person Narayana. From the whirl of the lotus born from your navel, Brahma appeared, and by his agency, this universe has come into being." There's no beauty. he we're going to read Krishna book. Akura offered his prayers as follows. My dear Lord, I offer my respectful obeisance even to you. Because you are the supreme cause of all causes and the original inexhaustible personality in your I am. From your navel a lotus flower grows and from that lotus Brahma, the creator of the universe is born. Since Brahma is the cause of the universe, you are the cause of all causes. That's Prabhupada's translation from Krishna book. And I'm going to read uh, Sanatana Goswami's commentary. Having seen the Lord Azariah seated on Ananta, Akura first offers respect to him by praising him with a description of his form. I offer respects to you, the Supreme Lord Purusham. Brahmā appeared from the lotus of the worlds, which was first in bud form in the navel. Since Brahmā is a guna avatar of the Lord, it is suggested that he is eternal. The eternal nature of avatars is explained in bhagavad Or Brahma is the form of all jivas, thus he is all the planets. Sridhar Swami explains it as follows, O oh Krishna, Akura recognizes this form as Krishna. You are my uncle, why do you bow to me? Thus Akura describes him in terms of the Supreme Lord with four hands. You are the Lord, there cannot be praised just by mentioning his Svarupa. The highest praise results from describing His great excellence, distinguishing Him from others. You are the cause of all causes of the world. You are the shelter of all jivas, Narayana. You are first, Ajahn, since you exist in the beginning, or since you are the best. You are the Lord, Purusham. As a pot arises from clay, everything arises from you. You have no decrease, Adhyayam. You are the one cause of all causes. From your navel springs a lotus, which is the fourteen worlds, or which produces the moving and non-moving beings. Since the lotus comes from you, the lake from which it springs does not decrease. Shriakura Uvacha Natos Miaham Twakvila Hetu Heitum Narayam Pusham Adhyam, adhyam she of course said, I have down to you, the cause of all causes, the original and inexhaustible Supreme Person, Raya. Why is getting... From the world
1: of the lotus born,
0: turn it down, turn it down. <laughs> from the world of the lotus born, from your navel, Brahma appeared. And by his agency, this universe has come into being. So I thought it very apropos that we have this meditation on the Lord's, what? What part of the Lord's form are we meditating on? On his belly. Meditating on the Lord's belly. And this belly is navel and how the universe comes from his navel. So, uh, we all have a navel, yes? All of you you have a belly button? Right? And our navel is the evidence that we were in the womb of our mother. That's how we ate. Right? The, The blood vessels going from the placenta. It gave us our oxygen. We weren't breathing. We weren't breathing like through our mouth and bones. We were breathing through the umbilical cord. We were eating through the umbilical cord. So this is evidence that we were born, that we were in the womb, that we were born. So what's the Lord doing having a navel? So the Lord's navel is just the opposite. From the Lord's navel comes not exactly an umbilical cord, but a lotus stem and in this lotus stem is the whole universe in bud form. And from there comes the first, the creator, Lord Brahma, on top of the lotus flower. So of course people may say, well this is a ridiculously fantastic description of some huge being with multi-arms lying on a snake bed and having this flower come out of his navel and the planets and the in the stands. How can we accept this? Right? Of course, all of the religions of the world have some pretty far-out creation story, isn't it? On all of the old cultures of the world, there's always some far-out creation story. And of course, the modern scientists who like to posit themselves as just very logical, they also have a far-out creation story, don't they? Their, their creation story is just as supernatural and just as far out as this humongous being with multi-arms having a lotus coming out of his ankle. What do they say? They say there was nothing, and somehow from nothing there was this infinitely small, infinitely dense thing. That right there is supernatural, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Something is infinitely small and infinitely dense. Is that something we experience in nature at all? No. And somehow this explodes. Now we have experience of explosions in nature. What do they call? What do they cause? Destruct. Destruction. Right? If the police find that you're carrying explosives, they don't say, oh wonderful, you're going to build a city. You're going to create a zoo. You're going to create an ecologically balanced habitat. We're so happy you're going to call C4 their explosives. We're so happy you're carrying, you know, C4 and a detonator. Now we're going to... Right? So they say this, I to say that this infinitesimally dense thing explodes and creates a well-ordered universe. That's pretty supernatural. That's outside of any laws of nature that we know. And this ordered universe where there's, you know, galaxies and solar systems and suns and planets rotating, so much so that we can predict, you can predict a thousand years in the past or a thousand years in the future exactly where the planets will be. That's a pretty ordered universe. We can't do that with airplanes, can we? Have you ever been on a plane that took off exactly on time? I don't think I ever have, and I've been on a lot of planes. You know, it's not like that. But the planets are like that, to the second. So we're, we're told that this happened from an explosion. And then beyond that, on the planet, there was just matter. And somehow, through some electrical storms and some strange atmosphere, the matter became alive and started reproducing. And from that came all the varieties, giraffes and rhinos and whales and jellyfish and oak trees. And, and all this uncountable, practically, variety came from one. I mean, do we have any experience of that? Do we have any experience of this some little one little amoeba that expands into giraffes and elephants and whales? So this is all supernatural, isn't it? None of it, the the creation story of the scientists, does not comport with anything in our experience. You know, they may explain fossil record this way or that way, but we don't see one species giving birth to another species, or to new limbs or something like that. You know, just it's not it's something within our experience. So, for people to criticize the Vedic account of creation. On account of it being supernatural and beyond our experience, every creation story is supernatural and beyond our experience. So then we have to decide, well, what creation story would we like to accept? And I told this before years ago when we had a, a grapple down the road. Uh, one devotee gave we used to show a lot of educational videos, so one of us, one devotee gave us a video of the creation of the world. So, of course, you wonder who's taking the video. <laughs> and it starts off with the narrator saying that this universe is just a cold, impersonal machine. So I don't know about anybody else, but I would prefer to think that the universe is a warm, caring, loving being And actually, the Shastra describes that the whole universe is the body of God. And the Lord, the Paramatma, is the soul of the universe, just like we are the soul of this body. And that actually the universe is a warm, personal, caring, loving, intelligent being. Now, we will find also that in most of the, in the major religions of the world, their creation story is very short. God said, let there be a creation, let there be life, let there be animals, let there be birds, let there be boof, and that was this It's a very, very short account. In, in The major religions of the world are Christianity and Islam, and both of them have a very short account whereas the Bhagavatam and other Puranas give a very detailed account of creation, and they give an account of creation from many different angles of vision. So I wanted to first look, and I'm focusing here on this particular part of the creation account of the Shastras that's being described in today's verse. So please forgive me if I'm not describing the other parts of creation, because there's other things. You know, there's Mahavishnu and his glance, which is time, and Lord and Shiva, which wakes up Maya and agitates her, and the Pradhan. So I'm not, I'm not discussing that. This is actually uh, once the Lord is Lord Vedakshad Vishnu, is within the universe, and the lotus grows from his angel. So I'm just focusing on, on today's verse. So I'm looking at Bhagavatam, Canto 3, Chapter 8. And I'm going to read from text 10. Uh, I'd like to read to the end of the chapter. Just the verses. At that time, when the three worlds were submerged in water, Garbhagakashad Vishnu was alone, lying on his bedstead, the great snake Ananta. And although he appeared to be in slumber in his own internal potency, free from the actions of the external energy, his eyes were not completely closed. Just like the strain of fire within fuel wood, the Lord remained within the water of dissolution, submerging all the living entities in their subtle bodies. He lay in a self-invigorated energy called kala. And this kala is time. And time is the very first aspect of material illusion. The Lord lay down for a thousand cycles of four yugas in his internal potency. I mean, each of these verses is so... Rich. <laughs> Just that. And by his external energy, he appeared to be sleeping within the water. When the living entities were coming out for further development of their fruitive activities, actuated by the energy called Kala Shakti at time, he saw his transcendental body as bluish. The subtle subject matter of creation on which the Lord's attention was fixed was agitated by the material mode of passion and thus the subtle form of creation pierced through his abdomen. Did you all get that? Isn't that cool? So we have the the three modes, right? We're awakened when the Lord glanced at maya, as time, and the same energy then, the rajagun, the creative energy, pierces through the Lord's abdomen. Piercing through this some total form of the fruit of activity, of the living entities, took the shape of the bud of a lotus flower. So what is this bud of a lotus flower? It is the what? It is, what is it? What was it made out of?
1: It's made out of rajas, and it's also made out of the...
0: This sum total form of the fruited activity of the living entities took the shape of the bud of a lotus flower. So the materialistic activities, the self-motivated... Yes, the karma, exactly. The karma of the conditioned souls. The sum total of all of the karma of all of the conditioned souls in the whole universe comes through the abdomen of the Lord and takes the shape of the bud of a lotus flower. And by his supreme will, it illuminated everything like the sun and dried up the vast waters of devastation. So all the karma of the living entity, was bright and it dried up the f- flood waters. Every culture has a story of a flood. Right? So there's a, a, the f- various floods on the planet and in the universe. Into that universal lotus flower, Lord Vishnu personally entered as the super soul because this lotus flower is the whole universe in a, in a condensed form, which is again the body of the Lord also. And so the Lord is the soul of that body. And when it was impregnated with all the modes of material nature, because that's how the, we express our karma. We express our karma through the modes. That's our means, like an artist expresses their desires through the color palette. So the modes are like red, yellow, and blue. They're the primary, like the primary colors. And artists mix them to form millions and millions of colors. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we have our karma and our desires, and we use these modes set for Rajas and Thomas. So they have to enter for us to exhibit our desires. The personality of Vedic wisdom, whom we call the self-born, was generated. Brahma, born out of the lotus flower could not see the world, although he was situated in the world. We say he cannot see the forest for the trees. He was in the lotus world, but he couldn't understand what he was seeing. He therefore circumambulated all of space, and while moving his eyes in all directions, he achieved four heads in terms of the four directions. Lord in his ignorance, contemplated, who am I? That is situated on the top of this lotus. Where from has it sprouted? There must be something downwards, and that from which this lotus has grown must be within the water. So all he could see was the lotus in an empty universe. Lord Ramal then contemplating entered the water through the channel of the stem of the lotus. Madhava Priya has, has painted pictures of each of these. Lord Brahma entering, going into the stem, trying to find his origin, like people try to find their ancestry, right? They take these DNA tests, whatever. Where, where did that come from? So Lord Brahma is trying to figure out where did that come from. But in spite of entering the stem and going nearer to the navel of Vishnu, he could not trace out the root. Vidura while searching in that way about his existence, Brahma reached his ultimate time, which is the eternal wheel in the hand of Vishnu and which generates fear in the mind of a living entity, like the fear of death. So he came to the wheel of time. And he had to stop. Thereafter, being unable to achieve the desired destination, he retired from such searching and came back to the top of the lotus. Thus, controlling all objectives, he concentrated his mind on the Supreme Lord. What to do when you don't know what to do and you're confused? Stop and meditate on the Lord. Prabhupada gives the analogy, which is given actually in all of the uh, contemplative traditions in, in any, uh, of all the world's religions, that like if, if water is very muddy, you stop stirring it and you let the mud settle and the water becomes clear. The problem says, if you're very disturbed, just stop everything and just sit and change. At the end of Rama's 100 years, when his meditation was complete, he developed the required knowledge, and as a result, he could see in his heart the Supreme within himself, whom he could not see before with the greatest endeavor. So this is, that ultimately truth has to be revealed We make an effort, we chant, we meditate, we serve, and ultimately Krishna is pleased by that and reciprocates. It's not a mechanical process that we can force by our endeavor. Brahma could see that on the water there was a gigantic lotus-like white bedstead, and this is exactly what Akura is seeing also. The body of Seishanaga, on which the personality of God is lying alone, the whole atmosphere was illuminated by the rays of the jewels bedecking the hood of Seishanaga, and that illumination dissipated all the darkness of those regions. So I don't think I'm going to get time to read the rest of this. Now, we are enjoined to meditate. We are enjoined to be meditating on this abdomen of the Lord from which comes the lotus flower, and I want it here to turn to 424.50. This is Lord Shiva's prayers, Chanting the song sung by Lord Shiva that he chanted to the Prachetas when he was training the Prachetas in Bhakti Yoga. And in text 50, he's, this is, he's going through a sequence of verses describing parts of the Lord's form. And here he's describing the Lord's abdomen. The Lord's abdomen is beautiful due to three ripples in the flesh. Of course, he doesn't have flesh like he doesn't have like muscles and skin and blood like that. Being so round, his abdomen resembles the leaf of a vanim tree. And when he exhales and inhales, the movement of the ripples appears very, very beautiful. So me picture this for a minute. So the Lord has this round belly with like three lines in it, and he exhales and inhales. So again. The Lord doesn't have to breathe because He has, you know, lungs that need to oxygenate blood. The coils within the navel of the Lord... So all of us in our, our belly button, right, it has, whether it's six out or six in. it has like little wrinkles in it, huh? So the Lord's navel also has these, these kind of these these coils. The coils within the navel of the Lord are so deep that it appears that the entire universe sprouted out of it and again wishes to go back. So this is how Lord Lord Shiva describes that we should be meditating on the Lord's abdomen. So, so far we've been describing uh, the Lord's abdomen uh, strictly in terms of today's verse, which is the Lord as Narayana, the lotus coming out of his navel and, and having there is the What is the lotus again? It's the what? Sum total of, of the karma of the living entities. And it was very what? The lotus was very bright. And we, not only was it light, it must have been very what? It must have been very hot, because what did it do to the water? It dried drive it up, it evaporated. All right, so we've been just been meditating on the Lord's abdomen and lotus flower, strictly in accord with today's verse about a chorus seeing Narayana, but I felt it was also appropriate, since it is the month of Karti, and we sing the Dharasaka every day,
1: to also meditate
0: on the Lord's abdomen a little differently. So which verse of the Dhammadharasthaka do we meditate on the Lord's abdomen? Verse 8. Now, Sanatya Goswami has written a commentary on the Dhammadharasthaka, so I'm going to turn to that, to text 8. It's called Dig Darshanitika. Now at the conclusion of the prayer, in order to summarize the presentation of topics that are being prayed for, and also to arouse the attributes of bhakti, Obeisances are given separately unto Bhagavan's unique binding, bodily limbs, associates, and so on, in the verse beginning with Namaste Stu. It is stated, Te Damne Namo Stu. I bow to the Mahapasha. Pasha means a rope, Mah means big. The Mahapasha, the magnificent rope that binds your belly. So even uh, Golokananda, every day the pujaris are putting on sashes and belts, isn't it? Think about this for a minute. Put this with the description of Narayan's belly, all right, that we just read. Uh, put these two things together. What is this grand rope like? It is the source or shelter of a splendorous effulgence. So the rope is brilliant. In this regard, it is suggested by the author that such a Mahapasha, what does Mahapasha mean again? Big rope. rope. Excellent. Is the very abode of the endlessly radiant, concentrated Brahma Teja, or all-pervading, Brahman effulgence. So that the Brahman effulgence is concentrated in this rope. That's tying up the Lord's belly. After that, Twadiya Udaraya Namosu, I bow to your belly. The reason for this is because, while bound with ropes, you especially manifest the beauty and other qualities of your belly, as well as the glorious characteristics of Vatsal Yalila, this means the relationship between the Lord and his parents, and other pastimes. What is that belly like? It is stated, Vishvasya Dhamma. That belly is the support for all the universes in creation, including all the stationary and moving beings contained therein. And now he goes to the same, back to James' verse. From the lotus navel on his abdomen is sprouted a gigantic lotus flower that sustains the fourteen worlds. Additionally, during his childhood pastimes in Vrindavan, he bodily displayed the Vishnu or universal form to his mother on two occasions. This is another indication. Therefore, in such a pastime of binding him by the waist, Mother Soda bound up the whole universe. Indeed, she brought the entire creation under her control. That is the proclamation. It is never possible to factually bind the all-pervading, limitlessly potent Lord, who is Isha, the supreme controller, but he willingly accepts binding as an attribute of his super-excellent affection for his devotees, Bhakta, Vatsalya, and And by that acceptance of binding, we are informed that such pastimes are imperceptible to all the logic and reasoning available within all the material universe. This is an intimation of this aishvarya vesha, or attributes of majesty. The reason for offering obeisance is first unto the rope, dama, and then unto the Lord's belly, udara. Dama, udara, becomes dama odara, because you don't say two vowels together in Sanskrit. Actually, in most languages, you don't. In most languages, if you have two vowels together, they form a new sound, like C-R-E-A-N. We don't say kre the two vowels join together and make a new sound. We have some words like vacuum and skiing, but that's very unusual. Uh, because why? because each vowel is a separate syllable and it's difficult to end a syllable and start a syllable on a vowel. Now in sanskrit when two vowels come together, they join and form a new sound that is actually the sound of those two vowels, so ah uh and oo, uh, 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 become o. Oh. It's actually the sound. If you, when we see the English letter A, used in Sanskrit, it's actually the sound Uh, it's not A, <laughs> and the U makes the sound uh. so A-U-A-U-A-U uh, 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 becomes O, becomes Dhamma Udra becomes Dhamma udara. The reason for offering obeisances first unto the robe Dhamma and then unto the robe's belly udra, is because the robe is situated on his belly, or furthermore to indicate the ascending superiority in the significance of different things respects are first over to the rope, then to his belly. So, Lord Ramana, when he talks to Krishna in the 14th chapter of the 10th ten- canto, he talks about how Mother Soda saw the universes within the belly of the Lord. How in, on two occasions, one's when Mother Soda was nursing Krishna, and the other time she asked him whether or not he'd eaten clay, and she looks in his mouth. So, do, usually if I look in your mouth, I can't see all the way down to your belly. I have to have a special scope. Right? <laughs> I've actually had that test done where the, the doctors put a scope and they can look all the way down your esophagus and down into your belly. Uh, but generally, just our eyes, that's not possible. But Madhya Soda, because Krishna doesn't have a body like that, so Madhya looks at his mouth, she sees that all the universes are still there. So the universe comes out and the lotus flower and manifest, Lord Brahma, and manifest the bud stage of the universes from this lotus flower, and yet they are all also still within the belly of the Lord. And Lord Brahma said, how is it that I am within your belly, and yet I'm talking to you outside? This was also one of the How is it that I'm, I'm holding you, my child, and yet I'm seeing myself? She didn't see a picture of herself. or something. She actually saw that she was within the belly of the Lord. So how is this possible? Nobramos says other people can say they understand you, whereas for myself I cannot understand you. So Rupa Goswami says that in every rasa, in every taste, rasa means a taste, in every taste of enjoyment is always some adhutaras. Adhutaras means wonder, awe, the wow. When you love somebody, everything they do is a wow, right? Parents are wowed by what to people who have no relationship with their child is a very meaningless thing. Oh, my child's clapping. Oh, my child's smiling. If it's not your kid, you have nothing to do with it. Yeah, kids smile and clap. That's what they do. <laughs> but when you're the parent, it's full of wonder. Right? When well, you have someone that you love, everything they do is full of wonder. Your dog catches a stick, and it's wonderful. Isn't it, right? You take a video of it and you, you send it out to all of your relatives. And if you don't love someone, even if they do something wonderful, you don't, you don't notice. You discount it. So the essence of all pleasure, the essence of all relationship is this. There's some aspect of, of a wow factor. There's some aspect, not necessarily all reverence, but some aspect of, of wonder. So we are in, we are in awe of the Lord's belly. That. Well, yeah. Here he is a little, a little boy appearing as just a little boy, uh, you know, a little child that appears to be more or less helpless, right? We all, Even if we don't have children ourselves, we've all seen little children. We have little children here uh, that come for our, our little preschool, those little children. And Christian appears like. But he has the universe in his belly. And from his belly comes the universe. That he also appears in a gigantic form as big as the whole universe and sprouts this lotus. So this is our meditation. We're not, we're not foolish people that we're just worshiping some ordinary person as God. But we understand that although Krishna appears on this earth, Abajanam Dima Buddha might we're not we're not like that we're not saying oh he appeared on this earth he acted and appeared as a human being and therefore we're anthropomorphizing we're putting some All, no we say that the Lord's body is is inconceivable it's full of wonder the creation is full of wonder and the the, the binding of an effulgent rope which is actually his own effulgence, is also also full of wonder so questions comments yes mr yes. Kapoor. It's so appropriate that we have these prayers following all the Leela of Krishna because this Bhagavan has spoken to all sorts of different people.
1: Yes. And
0: for those who can't understand the Leela or they think the Leela may be ordinary, how can the Leela which is the is superior to this be ordinary? Mm-hmm. Or this is the actual um, being of the Lord, he's the so inconceivable. So this Leela is an even more inconceivable. So it's it's so appropriate that that we have the prayer. I mean, it's, it's how Shri Swami was narrating it to. Uh, yes, I like for those of you on the internet. Just who was saying that it's very appropriate that after this Vrndavana lila we have a chorus of course, uh-huh. prayers. Yes, to establish. Of course, we have in the lila Lord Ramana's prayers on, in chapter fourteen and, and in English. But to establish that this creation is inconceivable, but that the Lord's Vrindavan is actually more inconceivable—it's—it's a higher platform, and we are so—I mean, what what we have here is amazing. You know, it's like if somebody gave you—you know—a set of jewels that are worth millions of dollars. I, I saw one necklace in Bahrain that was worth half a million dollars. <laughs> so it's like if someone gave us that, but then we have to use it, we have to wear it, we have to, have to take it and, and meditate on it. And when we're singing these prayers we to actually meditate on the rope, on belly, on the universe, within the Lord's belly. And Even as we're going through our day, all of this that we see, all of this is within in the body of the Lord. I'll